I've got a robot joke here, Graham. Okay. Okay. Why was the robot mad? I don't know. Because people kept pushing his its buttons. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's funny, Graham. I almost said his buttons instead of its buttons. Mm, topical. Mm, very much so. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. And I'm really excited about this episode, Graham. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, Detroit Become Human, which was a game that released exclusively for the PlayStation 4, uh, I believe it was last May. Um, so this game is developed by the company behind um, Beyond Two Souls, Heavy Rain, uh, Indigo Prophecy, so they kind of specialize in these interactive cinematic stories based around choice yeah it's uh david cage right uh i believe he's was he the director or the writer i think he's i think he's both Both, or at least right i know he's the director i think they're a french company actually if i remember that correctly yeah yeah um but i want to start by saying i feel like this is one of those games that you should absolutely play um probably no matter who you are because i i I found it to be so compelling, um, and I'll talk a bit more about that later, but I, I, I think it's really worth an experience that, you know, is unspoiled. I mean, yeah, it's a game about choice, so our stories might not be the same, but it's a it's a relatively short game, I think, you know, 10, 12 hours, which is um, shorter than I was expecting. So um, I would definitely say it's, you know, before we even get into it, it's worth a purchase, and it's worth playing. I don't know if you would agree with me on that, Graham, but I just want to say that. Yeah, no, it's uh, like it's a good length. I didn't find that I was getting tired of the game, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what its price point is, but um, I I think it's still probably around like the fifty dollar mark. I feel like that's uh, a good value for the yeah, game. It, it might be higher. Um, I actually got it for Christmas from my brother-in-law, so and it was on sale at the time. So like he gave me a, you know, PSN card, buy that game. It was on sale, so I think I ended up getting it for like thirty bucks, um, if I remember correctly. But uh, but yeah, it's a it's a beautiful game, um, very well produced. So um, it's just one of those things I think you should probably experience before listening to this podcast. But yeah, especially because it is a very like story driven and also because of the branching narrative aspect you are going to experience a very not a very different but a different enough story from what we did i Um, yeah i have a feeling though graham i feel like our stories are going to be pretty similar i actually um because uh of uh achievements i was able to figure out what parts we didn't didn't have right and also the game um has this great feature where um at the end of every chapter it it shows you the flow chart for the chapter of all the different choices and things you can see and do um and then it gives you stats on that so world stats you know how many people did this instead of that and also friend stats so how many of your friends made this choice or that choice so it was really cool to see like when you might be in the minority for like a good or bad thing compared to the world and compared to your friends as well so yeah no there were definitely um a few like i think it's the very first choice in the game 
is the fish. There's a fish that's in the tank. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was still getting used to the controls, and I accidentally decided to leave the fish out. Oh, no. And not put it back in the tank. And I was in, like, Monster. the 10% of people who did that. Graham is evil confirmed. Yeah, apparently. Two. So. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the controls, um, that's a good point, actually. They do take a little getting used to. Like, that tutorial level is... I actually find it to be a little stressful because I'm still used to learning how to control the character and how to interact with the objects in the environment and knowing what you can interact with. And then in the prologue, there's also this time-sensitive um, issue going on. So it, it it was a little bit stressful, but you know, once yeah. you get you know that chapter under your belt, the controls seem to become a bit more natural to me, I found. It goes against common wisdom and like game convention in a lot of ways especially like not giving you a safe space per se to learn the tutorial although yeah, that is sure. kind it is still a safe space in a way because it's separate from the rest of the game yeah um yeah it, it, it doesn't really have a bearing no i guess the outcome of the situation kinda. yeah yeah um although i will say that there are some motion controls in the game that um just didn't work properly for me sometimes, which was really frustrating. Like when you have to tilt the controller one way or the other. Um, mm. But other than that, I find all the controls to be pretty. Yeah, you know, once you got used to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, the game's, it's not necessarily even about the controls, right? It's The controls are there <laughs> to put in gameplay. Like, it is more of an interactive experience than necessarily you know, you're playing something, I would argue. Um, I mean, yes, you could fail an input and have a character uh, potentially die or something bad happen, but um, normally it's very rare that that would happen because of a missed input uh, or one missed input. You'd have to do multiple missed inputs or make a wrong decision for that kind of to happen. Generally, so, yeah. Um, so let me ask you this, Graham. Did any of your characters die? Yes, uh, Kara did right at the end. Me too. Me too. So none of us, neither of us, know how her story ends. Okay, did she get shot? Yeah. Okay, me too. Oh, that was so fresh. I found that I was a little frustrated by that. And but, it's uh, actually interesting. Like only twenty-five percent of players got past that part. Well, uh, yeah, it's like that's the nice thing about this game. It's like. You can you can track the flowchart, but you can and you can try and determine like where you went wrong. Um, so like in that instance, um, I I decided to keep to keep moving after I'd gotten shot. Same. Instead of, instead of faking dead, because you, you, I was thinking I will this will appeal to the humanity of my attacker, you know. Um, but that didn't really work, and so it was kind of like whoa. That, it's it it took me by surprise for sure, and I was of course a little disappointed because it's kind of a well, I, you didn't get to see yeah yeah you got that far and you don't see to see get to see her story end, um, yeah but that's so interesting that we both died at the same spot. Oh, and um, Connor died at one point. I think that happens like when he's fighting Marcus, right? Uh, no. Oh. Mine. He actually, I looked it up. He can die at like six or seven different points through the story. Okay. So when did your when did your Connor die? So he died um 
uh, when they're investigating the um, recording area where they did the recording of like the message. Really? Okay, really. Um, because the um, you're questioning the three androids, right? And uh, one of them runs away, and he goes into the hallway and picks up a gun. Right, right, right. And I chose to save Hank. Um, because it was like, oh, there's a forty percent chance that Hank is gonna die. And I was like, well, I'm gonna save Hank, so I did. And Connor died, and then I went on vacation for a week. <laughs> and I thought that um, he was dead. Yeah, I thought that he was dead, and I was like, how? What is gonna happen? And then the next scene that he's in, he's he's like, I'm back. Yeah, he's, and, got, he's got a new body. Yeah, and Hank was not very impressed. That's very interesting. Because my Connor died in a conflict with Marcus on the boat. Okay. And um like Hank didn't know about that, right? So that he... that's actually interesting. And and to me as the player, I was a little confused also. Because I was kind of under the assumption like, okay, it's the same shell but a different Connor. Um at least at first that's what I was expecting. But okay. it, I guess I guess it turns out not to be that. Like it's just like his consciousness is constantly being uploaded. Yeah. Um, and there's also makes... other Connors too. Right. Yeah, but they're not all out, all out in the field. I think. Oh, Maybe. so like. Are here, they actually? Uh, let's just do this now to save ourselves some confusion. Okay. Um, of the big changes that uh, the big differences between our playthroughs. Okay. Um. This is based off the achievement list. So we both saved Hank in the robber chase. Yes. Um, we both let Leo win. Um, who is Leo? Uh, uh, that That's your original owner, right? And you let him win in chess? No. It or was, Leo was his son. He was, Leo he was, was the assaulting son. You, you. You let them push you around. Yes. Uh, we both slept in the car. Um, yes. We both killed the Tracys. Yes. Um, we both made Marcus a pacifist. Yes. Um, I got the parts for Jericho. You didn't. Oh, yeah. That um, was a little bit of a blunder on my part. I I don't know which one of us. I I didn't kill the Chloe. I'm not sure if you did. That was the I one. Did not, in, I did not kill the Chloe. Yeah. Uh, we both didn't escape with Kara and Alice. And then this is the big one is that um, you... Your Connor stayed a machine, but mine yes. became a deviant. Ah, gram, 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 gram. Interesting. Yeah. So that's that's probably the most major change. So in Connor's deviant scene, he goes to the the HQ to try he infiltrates to, them, right? Yeah, to re to basically infect all of the other androids. Ah, see this? Okay. Oh, I'm really excited about this this podcast game. Oops, I had something. Okay, so so he does, um, and sorry, just to finish. Yeah, up. yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Um, he fights another Connor. What? Oh, that would be cool. So there's so there are funny. So, but there are then there are multiple Connors then. Yeah. So are they all active at the same time? Well, I think it's something like, um, because he went deviant. They activated a new version of him. Okay. Okay. Because um, every time you die, your soft your software stability goes up. 
so you become more stable. So I think it's implied that like you're it's a hard reset almost. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um should we do maybe a quick plot synopsis for those who aren't going to play the game? That's a good idea. Sure. Okay. So Detroit Become Human uh, it takes place, I believe, 2038. And yeah. um, basically, the most of the developed world has um, full-scale androids in every manner of, of the economy. So... Um, they 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 have regular jobs. There's they they take care of your kids. They take care of your home, um, and you know unemployment's huge. It's like forty percent. Um, so there's conflict between humans and androids. Um, a lot of um, visual comparisons to like segregation. So like androids kind of get treated like second class citizens. Back of the bus, android android lines only. Um, there's a lot of abuse against androids. And um, the central story of the game is, is this thing called uh, a deviation. So when an android uh, becomes a deviant, it basically um, takes on free will. And um, yeah. And the you play as three characters in the game. Connor is a deviant hunter, so he's an a- they're all androids, but he's an android that hunts androids that have gone deviant. He plays Kara. Um, who is uh, a housekeeping android that goes deviant to protect a young girl from an abusive father. And then there's Marcus, um, who becomes deviant um, when his previous owner uh, passes away um, and is then summarily blamed for the death, just almost destroyed by authorities, and then kind of re uh, finds other deviants and builds kind of like um, a movement to to yeah. give androids freedom basically he becomes the the head of a movement mm-hmm. um and so for the most part i think the story is is well crafted um it's intriguing it's um it's they do a very good job of balancing out the playtime of the three characters and giving you enough of one character so when you go to the next it doesn't feel like a cliffhanger or anything like that but the i found there was a couple of missteps um in my opinion narratively um the biggest one being the game takes place over about a week and a lot of stuff happens um in the game you basically go from marcus becomes a deviant to by the end of the game um every android in the country is like locked up or being destroyed and um, like the whole world knows about the deviant movement, and and so I felt like that that scale up was a little much. I feel like it would have been a better to maybe do like a slow burn or maybe over a couple of weeks. Um, I just don't understand the decision to make it in such a short period of time, because it really also impacts um, how the other two characters relate to Marcus. For example, um, Kara is helped by a human. Who directs her to Marcus, but at that point Marcus had only been around for like three days, so it was yeah. it was really confusing to me. Like, how does this lady even know who Marcus is, and why would Marcus be caring or even knowing about how to ship people across the border into Canada? Um, yeah, Marcus's when... change is pretty quick. Yeah, and and even as a leader, like it it Marcus's life before becoming deviant 
was pretty much golden. You know, he wasn't mistreated by his owner. Um, he had a great owner, actually. Um, and so, like, I not that I have an issue with him becoming, like, the, the phase of the resistance. But for me, there wasn't a lot of build-up prior to his deviancy to to give him those characteristics, right? Um, no, there wasn't really sense. an inciting incident. He just kind of... Other than getting shot. <laughs> yeah, but, like, even... Even that, like he, because you you're able to play it when he he goes to Jericho, which is the kind of android the, hideaway. Yeah, it's like they're like the city. Well, not not so much a city. It becomes a city basically, but it's like where the deviants all go to hide away, basically. Yeah, and it's also a boat. Yes. Um, and you have the option of being really critical about what they're doing. Um, hmm. But then, like, in the next mission, you're being pretty gung-ho about finding parts for them and stuff. Yeah, and and, and in particular with, with Marcus, like, um, the game does this thing where it kind of shows you the relationship status of you and supporting characters. So if you make decisions mm-hmm. that other supporting characters like, they they don't like you or they, or they do like you. And so with um, North, one of the characters in Marcus's story... Uh, I never went along with her desires because I wanted to do a pacifist route, and she was more um, of a revolutionary kind of um, violence, anarchy. A- anarchy. Um, you need to show them what we're made of, type thing. So she was constantly upset with all the, the decisions I was making, but at the end of the game, um, we still had a romance. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, and it kind of just kind of happened upon it. Like I didn't necessarily intend to do that um but yeah that was a little kind of like not necessarily disappointing but it 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 was difficult because it's like well my choices aren't being reflected in this new relationship that the characters have yeah you know it it's interesting because i never had i must have never hit the flags to start that relationship yeah um so it made a lot more sense with her being like kind of begrudgingly respectful yeah yeah um one other thing i think that narratively for me was a bit frustrating was you know um i went the pacifist route in every single interaction that marcus had with humans um and then all of a sudden like literally like they, they commit <laughs> genocide on all androids like they just humans just start shooting everybody they, they literally throw them in camps and start de- deactivating them. And it felt like a, a very um, hyperbolic reaction to um, this movement of just androids protesting. And, and, and like, it would have made even a little bit more... Like, it would have made perfectly fine sense, actually, if I had ever killed a human or harmed a human, right? That level of, we need to shut this all down. But in a in a game or in a storyline where I don't cause any harm to anybody, that reaction to me seemed a little yeah. overzealous. But I mean, yeah, you you can only do so much from a design standpoint, of course. And 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 they still wanted to hit those those themes, right? Um, yeah, I was reading on the like a Reddit AMA, the director, like the scope of how the branching started to get pretty massive 
Oh, absolutely. Like, I think they handled it pretty well. No, I, I and I would agree with that for sure. Um, j- j- even just like, again, I, I said it before, I love that they show you this is what could have happened in this level, right? Um, it shows you just how much care and thought they did put into, you know, each particular chapter and and how those chapters relate to further chapters like it it must have been like a logistical nightmare Mm. (laughs) to say the least to keep everything in check and keep it all um want to check every permutation of it right and and working right because you got to make sure that (laughs) what you want to happen will happen if those choices are made so um absolutely kudos to them for the level of of options and and like you said permutations that are in the game yeah i found the chart kind of interesting in that like it's very much pulling back the curtain and seeing the the pure game underneath mm-hmm. um it was kind of yeah did what do you think well I, that was one aspect of the game that i really enjoyed was it was almost a bit more of like a um, like a social experiment if you will like there there's there's the quiz that you get prompted with in the in the main menu did you ever get that quiz mm-hmm. okay i thought that was really interesting and and just the fact that they have that in there and then comparing my answers to the answers of all the other players and comparing my actions to the actions of other players and just those little like like this little undertone of like I guess learning more about <laughs> the people that are playing the game. I, yeah. I, I hesitate to say the world because it's... No, it's a know, very selective group. It is. Um, but that's really enhanced the game for me because it, those are the things that really made me think. Um, and the main menu in this game is probably the most unique main menu I've, I've come across. Um, and I'm interested, Graham, did you let her go? Yeah. Okay. I did too, but I regretted it. I, because I miss you her. missed... Yeah, I miss her. Yeah. It, it was interesting because it, like, it's a choice that's made after the game's done. Like, the climax is done. Everything's been resolved. Um, and then it just kind of lets you have this one final choice that's not really tied to anything else. And I think that it probably is a bit of a like a character revealing moment. Well, it's just it's one more emotional beat, right? Because yeah. you built you build this relationship up with a character that's that's not really even a character. Yeah. You know, um basically the main menu is is an android and when you log on she'll be like, "Oh, you were playing late last night. I hope you got enough sleep." Oh, really? Um, so, yeah, she said that to me a couple of times. Okay, I, I guess I usually just put the game in sleep mode. Oh and yeah, I know. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes she'll go like, "Your save data has been corrupted." Just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Stuff like that. She'll she'll make little quips and comments. Um, uh, that's good. Yeah, and at the end of the game, she's like, you know, seeing your actions, I've realized I have a choice for myself. Would you let me go and live my own life? If you do, you'll never see me again. Even if you know you start a new game. You know, the only thing I assume you could do is just delete your save data. But it, it's hard because it's like, I, I miss her. Yeah. Yeah. It's 
there's a couple other games that do similar things to that. Yeah. Um, I played one a little while back that, like, at the end of the game, it gives you the option to, like, you can help another player out. Like, there have been these things that have been helping you out throughout the the later part of the game. And if you, you can choose to be, have your name and, like, become one of them, basically. Hmm. But you have to... It deletes your save file. Oh, interesting. Um, so, like, any of the progression or, like, any of that stuff. Huh. Um, and, like, when you... When these, like, things are helping you, it's a really powerful moment. Um, so, it's... it's inter- it gives you the option of, like, should you... What is... What is of value to you? Right. Yeah, so it's... Yeah. I felt like this choice didn't necessarily have a huge, like, significance because of it's everything, although I think it was more of a, like, what kind of, how much did this story resonate with you? Right. The, the reason I love this story so much is because I, I do feel, like we talked about To the Moon last, last week, about that, the science fiction aspect of it. I don't feel that this premise is not going to come up. And it might not be necessarily androids, but I think as we delve further into, say, artificial intelligence, or, you know, um, I guess you could say androids, which are not, obviously not quite there yet, but... Machine learning and stuff. Machine learning and, and the rights of a machine, right? Um like okay so say say a machine doesn't have a human form okay say it's a self-driving car you know um yeah what rights does that that car have as far as yeah we're just talking about self-driving but 20 years down the line that car could be a full artificial intelligence yeah um or even a virtual intelligence oh or some level of intelligence right um and I think in particular with artificial intelligence, we're going to get to a point probably within our lifetimes where these kind of questions might be actually asked. And and by these questions, I mean like, is this a life? And if it yeah. is a life, what what rights does it have? What value does it have? What protections does it, um, should it have? What rights does it have, right? So, um... I thought that question to be very, very interesting and um, and played out pretty well in this game. I mean, uh, there's a lot of, like, real-world comparisons between this game and, you know, segregation um, and as far as, like, racism goes and, and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, you can really see those themes there. Um, but it, it begs the question, like... Uh, like, for example, one of the articles in the game... It talks about like, well, self-driving cars in that universe, they can make split-second calculations on, say they have to get off the road because there's an old person on the road, but a child on the sidewalk, or vice versa. And well, how it do can they only... make those kinds of ethical decisions? Right, right. They they comb through all the databases, they check criminal history, medical history, you know, salary, income, employment, and then they make that decision. And it's like, well, do they really have the right to make that decision? And and, and I think a lot of people could probably debate that of like, 
well, it, it's an impossible decision, but you, if you're going to make a decision, you need to have all the facts type, type scenario, right? So this game just brought up a lot of like technology um, related, like ethical questions for me that I was finding to be very engaging. Um, hmm. that, that's good. Yeah. And so again, it, it's one of those games where it's like you, th- I'm thinking about it beyond when I'm just playing it. I think that's important. Yeah. Cause, that, cause that kind of shows the potential of games as a medium. Exactly. And, and as well, because I don't feel that most people would probably agree or, under, or understand the level that um, robots and, you know, virtual intelligence is going to have in our future. Um, like with automation coming in and, and even self-driving cars, like I don't think people understand what it's going to do to our society or they don't even consider it. They, they just haven't thought that far ahead. And so having this, yes, fictitious society that's based around these androids, which probably aren't going to happen in our lifetime. Um, it was still interesting to see, you know, how a world world might exist with yeah. these, these, these technologies and, and then these questions as well. Yeah. It was kind of nice that the, the, the city wasn't like super sci-fi if you get what i mean like yeah absolutely it wasn't holograms and flying cars it was fairly grounded like detroit like you could you could navigate the city um i I mean like aside from the androids there's not really much sci-fi-esque-ness to it like it's like it's like you said there's no flying cars um i think the cars all have wheels it's like you know it you see fridges look the way they do they just have smart screens on them um really the the more fictional aspects of the game are are some of like the the world politics and and whatnot um yeah just things in the background like the fact that all the bees are dead and all the animals are dying off and blah 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 um but but you're right it's like it's 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 20 years in the future but it, it doesn't feel and it feels it feels like that. It doesn't feel like, you know, it's not like Back to the Future Two, or we're going twenty years in the future, and it it's like a hundred years in the future, or things that will never, might never happen, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your impression of the revelation that um, Alice was also a android? I I felt like it came almost well especially because our story ended like 20 minutes after that right it came a little bit too close to the end to be of great import i i just i i feel like it um undid the moral of the story a little like that story a little bit like i i don't quite grasp what they were going for i think i can Um, see it as like Okay, how does does this change the relationship that Kara has with Alice? Because um, it's like we already knew that they were like representing this mother daughter relationship, regardless of who or what they were. Does one of them not being what you thought it was really affect that dynamic? Hmm. 
Like, I think that's what they were going for at the very least. See, but I feel like if, if, if the answer is, um, no, it doesn't matter, then it's like, why put it in there? It only matters if, if the answer to the player is, is yes. Um, yeah. I guess. So and I think but... like we're also kind of because we're playing this game and we played this far, we're predisposed to be like, okay, no, it's fine. Right. Like how many people would honestly get to that point and then be like, Oh, this is all this has all been a lie, I'm disillusioned and quit. Right. Yeah. And and I mean like it's just it felt like a to me it felt like a cheap twist that didn't have much explanation because then it begs the question of like, okay, how did how did Caradot know? And, That's and, another thing, kind of. And like, and, and even as well, like, so the car story is, she gets purchased by this guy who is beating up uh, Alice, the child, you know, ten year old, and and you become deviant to inter- intervene, and um, the guy shows up, you know, in the police department, and and. He reports the deviancy of, you know, being attacked by his android. Oh, uh, mine got killed. You killed him? Yeah, shot oh. him, I think. Oh, wow. Okay, I did not. Did you um, p- pick up the gun? Um, I don't think I did. I don't, honestly, I don't even remember there being a gun. Okay, so like in his room, the father's room, there's a gun in the drawer. Oh, right, right, right. I remember that, but I don't remember and... it coming into play. Well, if you go into the room when he's going upstairs, um, oh. you can you can duck into the room, grab the gun, and then. Oh, uh, interesting. He ends up usually dying in the end. Okay. See, for me, that didn't happen. He survived, and so he files a police report. And as Connor, you can like view the police report, and 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 Kara comes up as mm-hmm. you know being listed as a deviant. So right there, it's like, well, why isn't the other one listed as a deviant? Yeah. And, no, there's and, a lot of kind of, yeah yeah and it's like in that sense it's like breaking the continuity for the sake of a plot twist um yeah i, I to me i feel like it, it's a bit of a better narrative if she's human because it, it 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 it's about the relationship between a human and an android not yeah. necessarily like a mother-daughter relationship at least, well, yeah, that, that begs the question: Like, was Alice a deviant, or was she just following her programming? Well, that's another great question as well, right? It's like because because Luther says something. I don't know. Was Luther in your game? Yeah. He says something to the effect of, "She needed a mother, and you needed a daughter," yeah. and and that's it's like a reciprocal relationship. But that's not really true. <laughs> like like the only reason Kara becomes deviant, um is to protect her you know alice doesn't become well maybe perhaps before we meet kara alice becomes deviant in that way because we know that Kara gets um basically you know um broken by by her owner and he has to get it refurbished prior to the beginning of the game so i guess that is possible that yeah. you know and in that moment alice became a deviant you well, know it's also before. like the fact that the owner would have had to have removed the LED that yeah. like shows that she was an android. Yeah, true. Which doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Again, so. I, I did, it just kind of felt like a huh moment for me. And um, 
again, I, I think I like the narrative better of, you know, human girl, android mother, but. Yeah. Um, so how did your revolution end with Marcus? It ended, so I had a strong public opinion. Okay. So it ended with them. Oh, yeah, this is it. They sang. Yep. That was probably like one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful moment of the game for me. Like, See, I don't know. It is a really strong moment. Um, but again, it's like, I don't understand the logic behind the president. It's like, because, you know, you participate in two two peaceful protests. One, you know, leading up right before that. Um, it's just like, I don't understand the motivation of, of the government to come in and kill you all. And then suddenly stop because you sang. Right? Yeah. Um, I and, think it's and, kind of like, like bad public opinion. Maybe. But, but see, but they already went in. Yeah, they've already kind of destroyed their public opinion like they, by attacking like, a peaceful protest. It's implied that like all androids get destroyed. Like that's the implication. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you have these last like twenty androids, and and and. Yeah, I it, it it was it was indeed a powerful moment because it's it's the singing is not about the singing it's about the the expression of emotion and and um and kind of like that human spirit because like why would a robot sing about exactly. death and freedom and whatever it's like um it had a very Les Misérables feel to me which I'm a big fan of Les Mis so it was mm. cool but um. Again, the logic for the president not to... If, if it was more like the soldiers stopped, I think that would have been more compelling because it's... They're directly affecting the people in front of them. But what have you. The the next confusing thing is, after that scene, because again, it is it is directly implied that all the other androids are dead. Um, you know, in the epilogue, there's like a, hundreds of androids listening to Marcus you know, rally um, for more Android rights now that they have, you know, human rights, if you will. Um, yeah. From and the even, camp that they are protesting. Yeah. And even the idea of, like, um, when Marcus goes to the radio tower to broadcast, you know, their demands or whatnot. Yeah. Um, they make... My Marcus ended up making demands that I... I, I didn't really anticipate like um, I think I, I made a remark about reproduction and and equal representation oh, yeah, the factories. In, yeah equal yeah. representation in government and it's like are these really the things that you know a small band of deviants would be concerned about I think they would be more concerned about like and I get the fact that I also did choose these things um, but they give you a list of like pre-populated things you want to make demands for and you can only list for so many but to me, it's like, well, the way you really are just trying to get it is basically recognize status as an individual. Um, not necessarily, I wasn't, to me, as the player, I'm not like, I was not thinking I need to get an Android in the government to, and, 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 and Androids need to vote. It was just more like a, hey, you need to recognize that some Androids 
not all, some androids identify as individuals. And an another big thing that I thought was kind of narratively iffy is that Marcus in basically infects peaceful androids into deviancy. Yeah. And that was neither explained nor, I think, really appropriate. Um, and, and you mentioned, you know, Connor, there's a section with Connor where you attempt to do that as well. And to me, that kind of destroys the purpose. <laughs> it's almost a little ironic. Exactly. Exactly. Like you because... are giving them free will by taking away their right to choose. Exactly. Exactly. And, and yeah, it, it, it kind of left a sore, a sour note in my mouth for me. It just because it's like again, it, you're just treating them like the humans treat them as this thing to use for your gain, basically, and not as an individual. Um, yeah. And because you infect people to make a stronger stance or, or or seem more populated, right? It's not it's not that you know you make a rally and then hundred androids show up it's you go out infect a hundred androids and then make a rally hmm, yeah so it, it, it as you said was just kind of ironic and it seemed a little bit out of place to me at least but mm-hmm. um yeah i guess it's yeah it's interesting kind of you brought up with the um uh, the when you're doing the recording and you get to choose your demands and stuff, there's almost there's it was usually pretty good, but sometimes there was that little bit of a disconnect between what you're doing and what their intentions are. Right. But um, well, it's it, it's like that classic. Have you ever played La Noir? I have not. Okay, so that's like it's a classic issue in that game where where you because you can determine if someone's lying or telling the truth. Or maybe if you doubt them a little bit. And so, for example, someone makes a statement and you say, I, and you as the player say, well, I don't believe that to be true. I doubt that. Um, the, the character then angrily accuses them of like murder, basically. When you as the player is not intending to make that statement. Mm, yeah. So it, it's like that, that, you know, it's that development issue where it's like... Um, that I don't think you... had that a little bit too exactly it's like it's what are the implications of this choice um assumed by the player and assumed by the writer because yeah. you know there, and there's going to be some some deviance there of course <laughs> no pun intended yeah i think on the whole they did a pretty good job of I would making agree. the actions match like they were they were pretty clear yeah oh another thing <laughs> okay it's funny games I love. I always come up with like a list of things that I don't like about them. Um, the uh, the ability of an android to sustain wounds and survive is like topsy turvy all over the place, because yeah. like Marcus is like literally like destroyed um, and thrown into like a garbage dump of other destroyed androids, and he's able to rebuild himself and be just fine. And then like another android takes a bullet in the street and is dead yeah they're they play, play a little fast and loose yeah although that is also kind of the whole plot armor kind of yeah, exactly. issue with stories you're right yep very true but um yeah the whole blue that was something that did irritate me a little bit throughout the game was the whole 
blue blood and like the one shaman lady that cauterizes the wound <laughs> um yeah like if that's the way you say it but yeah the, the, that was the one part that didn't really make any sense to me but um i mean that's kind of well i i liked that they made or that androids are not invincible right because when you think of like robot uprisings you think of like these unbeatable machines that will like you shoot them and, and you think of the terminator right it's like yeah you can't stop them but these ones you could shoot them they're, they're not really metal they're porcelain or plastic or whatever um and i found that to be i like that aspect because it if i were to go for like a revolutionist movement that would have been something i would have considered as well right yeah um yeah so so I guess one thing that kind of occurred to me with this story that I'm, I'm curious as to what you thought about, um, all of the actions that you are make, all the actions that the androids are taking, like of the of the main characters, are choices that are being decided by humans, because you're playing it. Mm. How do you think that like that made me think? Okay, I'm intrinsically like inclined to make them want to make human choices well here's here's the interesting thing right um i believe this to be the case i could be incorrect but when kara has the 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 scene where she becomes deviant you cannot move yeah right um it's a very quick way to get a the end of her storyline exactly um but you you raise a good point naturally right not only the the writing of the story, but the 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 choices we make are are human based choices. When I think of a robot, a robot, I think of something that is logical, right? Connor is very logical, um, whereas Marcus and Kara are much more emotional. Um, and I and again, that was something that the game kind of discussed a bit. You know, do they have emotions, or are they experiencing software glitches that make them think that they have emotions yeah um and i think really the most interesting to me now that we're discussing it is even the the idea that connor chooses not to be a deviant is to me almost deviancy right because, because it's making a choice that's exactly independent of the kind of core programming well, it, well it, it's it's like shooting the chloe right it's like Connor as, as is forced to make a choice, right? But because he is an artificial intelligence and doesn't have, you know, a direct programmer telling him what to do, by default, he has to make choices. He has to make calculations. So it's like the the idea of like my Connor saying no to deviancy means it's he's considering deviancy. And if you're considering deviancy, you're you're pretty much a deviant. Um in my, I don't know. Like it's, I'm actually, I'm, I'm taking a class right now on AI, um, which kind of convenient. But we talked about like behavior trees, um, right? And it's or like neural networks, and it's you kind of assign different weights or different reward values to different things, and you choose the one that has the higher reward value. So like, 
it's almost it's almost sort of like deviancy could be like with my very limited knowledge could be a thing that like they simply deem is the highest reward value hmm see now that you're making me think more about this it's like when i think why did my connor not shoot chloe is because i didn't want to upset hank exactly um or, yeah right and and that in its senses again it's it's almost like and i tried to play connor as like the straight and narrow like i'm gonna get the job done with hank right so it, it was it's interesting again you're talking about just like the human aspect of it am i am i saving chloe because i don't want to upset hank or am i justifying that by saying well hank will not trust me if i do this right so it 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 is interesting for sure and it and again it's like when you're talking about the high level of artificial intelligence um that again they're making choices you know based on the rewards tier like you're you're discussing or based on what what they deduce to be their orders right because it's yeah it's interesting to me i find it so interesting no it's it's definitely a game that makes you like think and question and want to go deeper into because here's the thing because the, the moral of the game is like the androids are individuals yeah but me as the me as the player, it's like, do I really believe that? Yeah, because the revolution happens regardless of your feelings on it. Well, or even to me, it's more of a personal like, um, does that qualify as life? Mm. And what qualifies as life? Um, not that I have. I'm saying I don't believe it qualifies as life. I I think it's like. I think our def a, a scientific definition of life is like it's got to be organic and it can be reproduced and it feeds on stuff. It's like, well, the androids don't have that, but they do have sentience. And so, what importance do we place on the organic, and what importance do we place on the sentience? Mm-hmm. And so, as a player, I'm I'm debating with myself like, are they are they really alive? I use my air quotes there. And would they really feel emotions and would they really be in love and would they kiss and would they want to reproduce? Like, it's like these things that are innately organic being applied to sentient beings. It, it, in this instance where androids look just like humans, it, it feels a little bit natural, but really it's not like, like the idea of a robot wanting to reproduce is strange. The, but it's not strange to me for a robot to say, I don't want to get beat up, or I don't want to die. Yeah. It's like, it, it would almost be kind of interesting if they, if there was a parallel universe where they did this game, but they were all like uncanny valley robots. Like, they don't, like, they look enough like human to recognize, but they look really strange and like unsettling if they were like, if they yeah. were ugly. Would we still feel the same way about it? Yeah, exactly. If they were Roombas. Well, like... I think I think the idea that if they're Roombas, <laughs> um, 
and that's basically what I'm talking about, right? I I think that's that's what we're gonna have to face. I don't think we're gonna have to face like this android looks like me, because um, that's part of like the the game's I guess like narrative of like oh they're scary they could be anywhere they look just like us where it's like when mm-hmm. i think of mass effect right the geth want or some of the geth at least want a lot of what androids want um and and they fight for that and they die for that they die they die for individual individuality in the end uh depending on your choices right so it's like and, and but the and the geth don't look like humans so i still want that for the geth and i want that for androids in the sense of the game um that individuality because i do think sentience uh, that's important um for a sentient being to have individual choice and 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 free will Mm -hmm. but again i don't think the geth were (laughs) talking about reproduction even though they have they do have their own i mean it you to me it's like okay i i a, a synthetic being cannot reproduce and they can create a new being but it cannot they themselves cannot like reproduce it or produce it within their own being in the way we think of reproduction this is getting a tangent <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. well like again i mentioned before even the idea of like marcus saying we want android representatives elected to government to me that was like why do you think you just des- <laughs> like deserve that when not all androids want individuality they don't want necessarily want deviancy yeah so or why would humans yeah it again it's it 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 works a little bit in the game because deviants and androids or sorry androids and humans look the same i think if like we're talking about if they look different or if they weren't in the you know, bipedal shape that humans are. Like, an android would not say, I want to be elected to the Senate. Yeah, well, it'd be like if Siri started asking for you to... No, Siri. <laughs> um, if that thing wanted to, like, like, would refuse to talk to you if you talk to it in a mean vo- in a mean manner. Right. So... Well, it's basically like Siri saying, "Oh, I want to run for member of parliament in in the ward that I'm located in." It's like that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think, like, there may be bits and pieces that we can definitely kind of dive into, but like, the game as a whole is kind of trying to say, it's trying to say something like holistically. Absolutely, and and again, I. I I appreciate the game. I don't know if I mentioned this, but when you start the game, Chloe, the main menu character, says, this isn't just a story. This is your future. And I, like I said, I believe that. I, I believe that these are things that we're going to have to figure out and discuss when autom- automotive you know, robotics and, and, and artificial intelligence, self-driving cars, when they become more prevalent and the technology gets better and better, these are things that we probably will have to address, particularly with um, in regards to like unemployment and how how our society will will shape up in in the wake of wake of that because that's a big factor of the game as well. That's kind of more background noise, but 
Yeah, and you can already feel a bit of that uh, in like stuff like the McDonald's auto checkout stuff, kind of. Well, absolutely. Like there are a lot of people who don't use them because they think they're taking away jobs. Mm-hmm. But oh boy, <laughs> do we get political here? But I mean, like to me, in a capitalistic capitalistic society, capitalistic society, like that's that's the end game, right? Because uh, it's not about capitalist society is not necessarily about employing everybody it's about making profit accumulating the most wealth exactly um and the best way to do that is get rid uh, of the humans get rid of the humans the most traditionally the most expensive um part of an organization so you know as automation becomes more prevalent um and and to be honest um more fit more efficient for the customer Right. The, 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 the reason they put the kiosks there is, yeah, cut back on, on costs, but also shorten wait times, automate the process, um, self-checkout lines, get people out faster. You get through items, don't wait in line, just go to self-checkout. You know, it's it's partly to save costs, but also to re- increase customer satisfaction. I don't know how we got on this tangent. It's not about the game at all, but. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah. so when how did how did Connor and Hank's story end then? So um so what happens is Connor in the scene where Connor could shoot Marcus or not uh like, Oh, so you still get that scene. Yeah, you get the scene where they're in like the captain's quarters. Um and, Oh, like, okay, right, right. Yep. I think yeah. So if you become a deviant, Connor um, says, like, okay, they're coming. You got to get out of here. Um, and he assists Marcus. And then when um, you get to the church scene where mm-hmm. everyone's holed up in the church, he's there. And you can you have the option of um, letting him continue to join the, join the cause or... He, you can kill him. Really? Um, as Marcus. Interesting. And then if you let him live, he, he decides to go to, um, what's the corporation called? Cyberlife. Cyberlife. I was thinking Extra Life and then wrong, <laughs> wrong corporation. But, um, and you go, you go down to the basement where there's all the androids and you're just about to, um, activate all the androids when Hank shows up escorted by another Connor um, huh. that he like he's like oh I, I messed up I fell for this fake Connor oh. um, and you have the option of sacrificing Hank to activate all the androids or um, or to try to say or like to be like okay i'm not going to do anything and try to maybe save hank right um my connor decided to say i'm sorry hank and activate the android you're an evil little man graham (laughs) i was like instantly regretted it because hank dies in your arms and like he's he's like oh don't like i don't blame you like i'm going to be with my son yeah um yeah okay Okay. And then the other option is actually pretty funny. Like, 
you, Hank, then shoots the fake android, or the fake Connor, and you and the fake Connor tussle for a bit, and then you get up, and you have to each try to convince Hank that you're the real Connor. Connor. (laughs) And so, like, eventually, you're either able to convince him or not, and then he shoots the fake one, and you're able to activate all the that's funny injured and you also find out um how his son died and right. why he like why he hates androids right or why he like or what actually more of like why he doesn't hate androids right okay that's interesting so um because i did not become a deviant obviously i didn't have that that aspect so what happens is um, marcus and connor fight on the ship and uh marcus destroys connor yeah. And then um, basically what happens is when Connor or sorry, Marcus is making his protest, um, you as Connor set up like a sniper's perch and you're going to shoot him. Um, and Hank shows up and and tells you not to do it. And, and, and for me, that's when I learned about his son and, and what happened to his son. And, um, you know, he pulls out a gun and says, you don't do it like you guys they're doing the right thing you know you're not just machines um and so then you have the option of killing hank if you want to <laughs> um i declined to kill hank um that's good because um and and i'm glad my connor said this he says like you know my mission is not to harm you hank it's it's to kill marcus so i'm not going to do this and you walk away basically hmm um, and I thought that was really apt. It was like a nice little like touching moment between the two, where it's like Hank has grown, but necessarily Connor necessarily hasn't. Um, hmm. You know, Connor's still trying to achieve his mission because that was what my Connor was all about. Um, yeah, and so in the end, um, Amanda tries to take over your programming, basically, and and because you are at the final, final rally with Marcus talking after they've garnered rights. And um, Amanda tries to take over your programming so that you will then kill Marcus through you. Yeah. She will kill Marcus through you. It, uh, that that also happens in my route. Oh, okay. So you know how that unfolds then. Yeah, he um, finds the secret way out. Yeah. Which I don't know if you could fail that section. I was a little confused at that, but... Uh... I think you probably could have failed it if you shot the Chloe. Oh, interesting, because um, the creator tells you about it. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Well, Graham, we've talked about this game for like an hour. Do you have any more comments? Um, I don't think so. Just thinking about... I think we pretty much covered... Um... Oh, only 5% of people had Kara and Alice die in the assault? It was very low, yeah. Okay, so we actually chose like a very unpop, like not unpopular, but... Unlikely ending. Unlikely ending. Yeah. Which is kind of funny that we both had it. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's, I think that's the main... Oh, actually also just one little thing. It's like the very first shot that you see... Is of Connor flipping the coin back and forth, mm-hmm. and the coin at one point there's a 
close-up of it. It's the side that says liberty. Mm. And it's almost a bit of a like a metaphorical Connor's toying with the idea of liberty. Very, very apt uh, observation. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. Hmm. What would you rate this game, Graham? Oh boy, that's a different question. Difficult question. Uh, like my first instinct is to go to Naoto, but I feel like that's the easy choice. Hmm. Um, I feel like this this scoring system is starting to show its um show its shortcomings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I it doesn't fit into any of those like clear cut categories for me at least. What about you? I would probably rate it some mix of a Nanako and a Naoto as well, because um, I have a deep love for the game, and it is that um, again that analytical mind. Um, so, I mean, maybe maybe with a sprinkling of Dojima in there for Hank. <laughs> yeah, I think definitely probably Naoto. But it also kind of makes me think of the whole theme of Persona 4. It's like discovering who you are and like what mm-hmm. it means to be who you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But well, I think in that case, Naoto also works for exactly. determining who she's going to be. Exactly, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, 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 go, I can agree with that. Yeah. Well, um, thank you everybody for listening. Again, if you uh, like the podcast, please do tell your friends. Um, send us in your game suggestions like us on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram whatever you prefer to use we post all our new episodes there uh, you can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts um, yeah, any closing remarks, Graham? Nope, I think so Great, so we'll see you guys in two weeks with another game review about a game of some kind Yeah, absolutely yeah. See you guys later Yeah, Thanks for listening <laughs>